Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you'd like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey, I'm your host, Marky Boy, El Marquino, El Marky Mark, whatever you want to call me, Mark, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we're not here for me. We're here for some sweet 40k short story goodness. And uh, yeah, this one sounds like it's going to be cool. I haven't pre-read this, so I don't know exactly what we're getting into, but it's got a cool title and I know it is about Tau, so heck Yes. Um, today's story is called The Barbarian Cadre, and it's written by Alex. Here we go. The Tau Val was faltering. Stone Knife knew this. He chuckled bitterly against at an implied insult of his name. He had gained that honor the same way he had gained the honor of Shasu within the Hunter Cadre. As a breacher, he was expected to be within the thickest of fighting and the closest quarters. Yet, as part of the Tauva, he had been taught that close quarters fighting was barbaric and for ignorant savages. Stone Knife had known for a long time, however, that those who hadn't partick- partook of the visceral thrill of taking a life with their blades and fists were truly ignorant. Stone Knife had taken this life with a bonding knife when all other options had failed for he had inherited a promotion that would never progress and two names. Stone knife to his fellow Tau, a barbarian wielding a primitive weapon like a thug, and to the foolish gula of the Blood Angels Astartes a more ignorant name yet, Pikebite. That name was, Stone knife was sure, spat in the halls in fury and had made him among the priority targets on the field of battle. Stoneknife was still bemused by the name. He was aware of the Gula's xenophobia and their need to liken all species to creatures they recognize. 
It just continued to confound why the Imperium always chose aquatic species for the Tau. All that Stoneknife could glean from Gula's transmission showed that there was no resemblance between the mighty Tau and fish. But then again, ignorance from the Imperium was as common as violence. All of this had arisen simply for the slight of killing one of their brothers. As if an honorable death at the hand of another warrior was beneath the Grula space marines. Perhaps it was a classic xenophobic trait of the Imperium again. Stoneknife thought, again, of the feel of pushing his bonding knife deep into the skull of a hulking, slaughtering, reeking Astartes. He remembered clinging to his blade and the gorget of the Astartes with all his strength as the Blood Angel buckled underneath him. The bonding knife held in an iron grip, biting past the eye lens, then the eye and deep into the brain. There was vibration through the blade as the knife scraped through bone that had made Stoneknife feel sick to his stomach. Much later, however, there was an elevation that had not, not left since. The Shasu remembered the propaganda releases of his martial prowess. He had been lauded as a hero of the Tauva, and yet at the same time punished for his barbarity. His comrade had slowly all been promoted ahead of him. They had all since gained the honor of piloting crisis suits, another honor he never attained. Bitterness rose to the fore of his mind, and he was sure his squad could sense it. Let them be aware, he thought. None would challenge him on it. Of course, they may gloat and joke about him behind his back, but that came from fear. They feared him and his blade. Even as all bonded to him and it, they feared what he was capable of. Like to take a kill with a blade had changed him. That's what all Tao saw now. A change. Like a tattoo across his face, he was branded by death and blood, and they feared him. With that fear, however, came strength. His squad were hard and fierce now, fearing him more than any enemy they stood. While others would withdraw, they marched forward to gain his respect, and many had died trying to recreate his glory. His squad had changed him too, and the brand was driven into each new recruit. Since that time, the cadre had fallen upon hard times as a series of raids into Imperial space had all collapsed, leaving nothing but carnage and devastation on the Tau that had become clear that under his current superiors, ethereals obviously excluded, they would be driven to death. The commanders had overextended the cadre, and with this folly it had been cut off from simple reinforcement. That was why the Tau of all was faltering. A bloody war of attrition had developed with the Tau holed up in an unarmed town in the jungle. The locos were so were all dead, so the Tau had taken to calling it Mudgrave. Brutal sallies out into the surrounding jungle had gained no route out for the Tau. Penned in on all sides by blood angels like common livestock, this miserable town was soon expected to be a tomb. However, each time the Astartes assaulted, the Tau managed to slip away to another part of the town, leaving a horrible death toll amongst the buildings. Both sides bitterly withdrawing and the Tau narrowly surviving destruction time and time again. Stoneknife looked down at his sacred armor, black pits in the alloy, alloy where the mass reactive rounds of space marine bolters had glanced off his armor before detonating. Even a glancing blow from such a simple weaponry knocked a warrior off his feet. Luckily, a wounded pride wasn't fatal. 
unlike a solid hit from one of those accursed shells. He had lost too many warriors already, bodies bursting in glory fountains of blood that similarly coated his armor. He had given up cleaning it off. It seemed a wholly pointless endeavor. Blood and dirt made a wholly ex excellent camouflage in the cityscape of mud and dust. Besides, his squad feared him all of the more for his nonchalant attitude towards the blood of his comrades. There are only four items kept clean on his person. His pulse blaster, his pulse pistol, his bonding knife, and rank emblem. He was still a Tau after all, and certain standards needed to be upheld. Those three weapons had saved him more times than he could count. For Astartes, a glancing blow from a blaster, he would do more than just knock a combatant order over. The intense plasma burst left little behind of what struck save scorched meat and melting metal. He was glad of its stopping power against those heavily armored stomping giants. The Gula clearly had no talent for subtlety. Their gaudy red armor could be seen from miles away. They often relied too much on their armor, a mistake he had happily exploited on many occasions, creating ambushes and building of Mudgrave, then slipping away in the ensuing firefight, leaving the Gula blasting holes in walls and chasing shadows. Still, Monka was only ever worked when you had the ordinance to administer the killing blow, and with supplies running low, as they had been, ammunition was, be was becoming an issue. They needed fresh warriors and fresh equipment, and Stoneknife had, had to get them. His team needed to make it across the war zone to bring a message to the Ethereals, who of course would arrange reinforcements. He had damned the orders of his commanders. They were fools cowering in the mud who knew nothing of the situation that faced them. In the next sally, Stoneknife needed to lead his squad through the lines of the enemy and break through to reinforcements. The barbarian with a primitive blade would take the fight to the Gula and save his cadre. Are your weapons prepared? His squad straightened all of a sudden, as if startled. He had been silent for so long. We are prepared, Shasu. We each carry the ammunition as we acquire in addition to having serviced our weapons thoroughly, one of the Shaslas replied. Stoneknife had not granted them names yet. Once they had proved themselves, he would name them. Until then, they were simply Shasla. Individuality within the Shasla was a redundancy. They were all capable of the same actions, and so he could order them irrespective of names. You are aware of what must be done to save the cadre, so I will not remind you of what is expected of you. Yes, sir, Shas, you! Battles in Mudgrave rarely started with thunderous guns. Neither side had the ammunition for such brazen displays of power. Instead, one of two things usually happened. An exhausted Tau sentry would spot the enemy in time to raise the alarm, or their death cries would raise the alarm in time. A lot could be said for the commander's foresight, at least at this time. The sentries were far enough away from the camp that no matter what happened, an alarm was raised in time to prepare for a proper defense. This time, however, it had been very different. The only warning the Tau had got of an assault was a bolter shell booming from its bolter. Its mass reactive round slamming hard into the concrete of a ruined building behind one of the Shasla, covering him in a cascade of dusk and broken rock. The squad was instantly sprayed in gore as the Shasla fell, lifeless to the ground, gaping hole in his chest. Stoneknife reacted instantly and dived for cover, 
the rest of his squad following suit. We need to pull them around, Stone Knife shouted in the comm channel, expecting Command to hear and understand his plan. They had better send a squad to hold the Gula here, he grumbled to no one in particular, expecting his squad to follow. He, he darted from a hole in the ruin to the right, shells smashing into the rock around him as he went. The Gula would pay for what he thought to himself, but first escape and survival were all that mattered. Doubling back on his on his position, Stone Love tried to find a way around the back of the advancing space marines. Chapter 2 Commander Stone Knife had survived Mudgrave all those years ago. He had wished he hadn't now. Not after the Force Sphere. He had survived that too, but the horror had left him more jaded. He no longer believed in the Tau as he used to. He no longer cared for the unity of the Tau or other species. They had caused the horror, and without them, the Force Sphere would have been a success. Still, Ethereal Case said he must use them, and use them he did. He was no traitor. Not like Farsight. He was just enlightened. It was a shame they continued to be needed to sacrifice their lives to the Tau Va. It was a shame that Stone Knife's mission usually required an auxiliary sacrifice, but none would be able to pin their loss on Stone Knife's, even if suspicion had been raised. Stone Knife didn't care what his commanders thought. He knew the truth of the Tau Va. Tau first and all other species second. Their loss was a success no matter their status enemy or ally. It made no difference. Safety of the Tau required it. Stone Knife shrugged in his ancient battle suit after the thoughts. He was required to encase it in protection since the last battle where the fleet had been caught unaware, nearly losing the bridge. He could still smell the death of the last commander in his own armor. The burnt smell of meat tau cooked while still within their heat as suppression systems malfunctioned these had been repaired the earth cast promised only the very best primitive so only the very best for primitive stone knife he had earned his chassel status and the commander of the hunter cadre but still there was no respect from his peers he had gained the promotion not from seniority or recognition in those aspects, he had been doomed to a life of mediocrity by his superiors for the sin of barbarity. Instead, Stone Knife believed it had been necessity that had driven his rise. With the previous commander dead and no other warrior skilled enough to take his place, Stone Knife was the only option. The truth of the matter was entirely different. The ethereal Unyu Valoris case, gifted in the political arts, had insisted on Stone Knife's ascension in the ranks. Case had been since watching Stone Knife's career, diligently advising him when necessary in securing certain missions of the ethereal believed to be necessary for the commander's development. Stone Knife was unwittingly the puppet of Case, and he had been put on every assignment the ethereal demanded. Tooth Stone Knife, his commanding officers continued to offer only the most dangerous and bloody missions. The latest excitement was no exception. He had been sent to guard a supply fleet. A mundane task on the surface, however, command had decided the swiftest route for his fleet to deliver supplies to the ailing Tau in the sector was right through the enemy lines. He had already fought in two costly void battles that were only the narrowest of victories due to the skill pilotage of the aircast. Brutal boarding actions had almost doomed the fleet on both, both occasions. 
Now, there was a matter of delivering the cursed supplies to the surface. Another potentially costly endeavor due to the nature of the planet, let alone the enemy harassing Tau forces on the surface. Only cruelty or foolishness would possess a commander to send a cadre to the surface of the planet to deal with the Katakin Gula, rather than just burn the planet to glass. As if the command wanted to rid him as much as he wanted rid of the auxiliaries. Yet Stone Life was nothing if not dutiful, so he would take his troops to death for the forsaken world. The loss of the troops he regretted. They were a hard-hitting force and had grown in his command to be brutal but effective cadre. Unlike some cadres of his peers, they did not shy from bloodshed, but instead relished in it. They were a fast-moving, hard-hitting force that struck deep into uh, enemy hearts, only to then melt away before any kind of counter could be raised. He was proud of them, and they were proud to serve the Talvao under him. They knew his history, and they were aware of what made him, him. But, barbarian or not, he cared deeply for the cadre, and as such, that care was reciprocated. The barbarian cadre, affectionately named by its troops, was a small force built for stealth and speed. The column of troops backed up by auxiliaries pinned the enemy with pulse blasters and carbon fire as stealth teams caused confusion and chaos. Finally, the cadre's small contingent of heavy armor was rushed in and the aid of coordinated strikes from crisis teams to administer the killing blow. Strike close and strike fast and melt away before retaliation can be mustered. Only through unity, devastation. Case voice cut through Stone Knight's reverie. You are expected to cut a wound in the Gula lines to allow the trapped forces to break free. Supplies will then be provided with the bolstering troops. We shall soon pacify this planet. It will be done, honored one. Stone Knife's long-held bitterness seemed to always melt away in the presence of the ethereal. My forces are currently running simulations to acclimatize to the planet's environments. That's good to hear. However, it'll take more than a cadre training. Have you considered strategy? It is a different assignment to usual. Stone Knife smiled at that. Not as different as command would think. Draw out the enemy, surround them, destroy them. The auxiliaries and my troops will draw them into our railguns and they will die. Stone Knife's voice was hard as flint and there was a steely glint to his eyes as if there was something he wasn't saying. At this sight, Case realized, or released a disarming chuckle. <laughs> I assume that you will endeavor to keep the death toll of our enemy to a minimum. Any still living may be turned to our cause. He was well aware of Stone Knife and the Barbarian Cadra's proclivities, especially where it was related to auxiliary troops and non-Tau. However, appearance need to be upheld and the farce of Stone Knife's secrecy maintained. Case didn't care what happened to a few auxiliaries as long as the results were achieved. And with Commander Stoneknife, they always were. The command bowed low as he replied, a strange sight considering tower, uh, the towering crisis suit. Of course, honored one, my troops and I shall make every effort to maintain life for the greater good. For the greater good, Case replied with a wry smile. You may go see your cadre. Stone Knife left out without another word. Case watched as his departure and reclined in his throne. There was a Tau who hated alien life more fervently than any, anyone in the Imperium. At least he th was smart enough to hide it. 
although predictable enough to still act on it. Chapter 3 The fire warrior yelped as Broken Tooth slammed his fist into the trooper's helmet, knocking him off his feet. At what point during this drill did I say you could allow an ethereal damn planet to eat you? The simulation left the whole squad dazed and disoriented until they heard Cadre Fireplace, Broken Tooth Curse, and Beration of the Command. That made everything ice every that made everything run ice cold clear, as they stood immediately to attention, stricken trooper included. If you all die to plants so easily, I'm glad the Imperium weapons are so pathetic. Remember what we are facing on the surface. These Katakin Jugula may use torches as rifles, but that makes little difference when their knives are slitting your throat. If you're unaware of your surroundings, they will cut your eyes from your skull long before you can take in the surrounding jungle view. Get back in there and don't die so easily next time. The strike team rushed to comply and Broken Tooth turned away from them to look at their performance screen. He was not pleased with the sight of the firework bursting into flames as the Catechan Flamer erupted over the squad. He was at least hardened to see that the rest of the squad quickly and efficiently dispatched the threat. They're improving by the looks of it. How much longer until you're confident, old friend? A voice boomed out from the speaker behind the fireplace. Broken Tooth turned at the voice, pleased to see his commanding approach. Chassel, I'm pleased to have you come. I believe the troops could benefit from your experience in these environments. They seem not to be able to grasp a world where everything wants to kill you. Wouldn't have uh, survived a minute in mud Mudgrave, hey? The Fireblade's face cracked into a smile, showing his namesakes clear in the crooked cracked tooth plate, broken by a bolter shell that almost claimed his head. It made him hideous to look at, but it had one perceptive advantage. Stonenife had always witnessed with his own eyes Broken Tooth rip the throat from a maddening crew during the Force Fear. All other weapons lost to him, Broken Tooth had never truly been unarmed since his maiming. Few of us survived Mudgrave, the commander pointed out resentfully. Stonenife had his own fire blade since Mudgrave back when Broken Tooth had been a lowly chasla. The advancement was relative as Stonenife progressed, so did Broken Tooth, all to be down differing path. Since suffering from such hideous injuries at the hand of the Gruransha, Broken Tooth was forsaken for a battlesuit. Besides, the calling of the fire blade suited him well. He understood infantry better than most, and his cunning and brutality inspired the troops, as much through awe as fear. Broken Tooth was a large, belligerent Tau with a mean tongue and a nasty temper. But he was trustworthy and loyal, and that made him the greatest asset of the barbarian cadre. Broken Tooth chuckled, and the sound rumbling from his ruined mouth like one of the many mudslides that buried so many of the Tau in Mudgrave. True. But those of us that did learnt that quickly, that everything will kill you on a planet. It's not just the inhabitants. The voice was flat and sudden. They do need to learn quickly, or they will certainly die quicker. Very well, my friend. We shall run a full battle simulation again tomorrow. Stoneknife was wary, and he knew the troops were too. If we push them too hard in simulation, they will be inefficient on the surface. We still have two Kotora until we are at striking distance, Broken Tooth grunted. Very well, Chassel, but I refuse to let them get complacent. I shall not have a repeat of the Force Fear, 
not after the losses of complacency that caused then. To that, Stoneknife left for his quarters. He had no desire to talk to those dark days again. That was a past and it would remain that way. The commander quarters were surprisingly extravagant considering the austere nature of his commanders. However, Stoneknife had always promised himself that if he ever made it to commander, he would live like he was meant for the title. Besides, what the other troopers and cast didn't know of him didn't harm them. He had never held a meeting inside his quarters, and only a trusted few had ever even seen the inside of his room. He had got the idea from a boarding action on an imperial vessel, seeing how the leader of the ship had lived compared to the rest. The comfort had a certain appeal to Stone Knife. All of the furnishings within the room had come from various conquests and salvage. As for the varied enemies, giving the room a very mismatched appearance. A gula crystal glass decanter holding a liquid from where he had forgotten the name but enjoyed the taste sat on the table made of a strong bone-like substance of the Eldar Corsairs. The two objects at such odds with each other that anyone other than Stone Knife would look at it like it was utterly ridiculous. After exiting his archaic battlesuit as fast as the subroutines would allow, he poured a small drink from the decanter, noticing how low it was and resolving to source some more of the potent fluid. Thinking back to the evening in the room with Broken Tooth, where after the only two glasses of this that they had broken into a vicious fist fight after some long forgotten, forgotten argument, he reluctantly poured half the glass back into the decanter. Too much of a good thing left him thick-headed, and his suit would notice the imbalance. The medical correction for which was administered by the suit and was not gentle. Therefore, it was something Stone Knife relished. Avoiding that would be, would be self-control. He sipped at the dark liquid, relishing the burning sensation as he swallowed it. A heady mix of vapors rose from the glass, and on impulse, Stone Knife downed the rest of the glass. Suddenly disappointed, he moved back over to the decanter to pour another. In parody of his old teacher's voice, he croaked, Mistakes must be made for us to learn and not repeat them. It helped to dull the bitterness of his own mind anyways. Heck yeah, that was sweet. Okay, sweet. That was the Barbarian Cadre. I've, I've always kind of liked that... Uh, not all tower just these perfectly peaceful, happy to exist. Like, years of war is going to jade even the most hardened soldier. And then going through that force sphere, for those of you who don't know, it's like when the they went into the warp and they got trapped and they basically ended up having to kill all their allies to save themselves from demons and all that kind of weird shit. But I love kind of just like this, uh, this dark Tau kind of idea. Like, Tau who maybe have a a scalp hanging off their hip, you know, where it's like, they just sculpt people. Or whatever it may be, whatever kind of barbaric twist. I, I, I liked how they described him. He's like, yeah, I don't fucking wash off my armor. Like, as long as my pulse rifle is clean and in working condition, I'm ready to do some damage. The thought of close quarters tower is sweet, too. Um, when I, I had my tower army, I used a bunch of... Um, these breacher squads with the pulse blasters and yeah there's just something so satisfied about running up the battlefield with tau only to unleash a bunch of blasts of fire into the enemy ranks and just annihilate them it's so unexpected and it's so good and i love that there's a story now written like that
So maybe I misread some of it, but there's a couple times where it kind of mentioned how um, Stone Knife would never never achieve higher ranks or never pilot a battlesuit, and then the next chapter he was a higher rank and in a battlesuit. Maybe I just mi- misread that. I might have to go and correct that. But yeah, it, it was kind of cool, though. I liked watching him go from a chassis all the way up until uh, Chassel, you know, where he's piloting his battlesuit now. He's got his right-hand man, Fireblade Commander, dude. Um, yeah, I think it's very cool. I just keep thinking how cool these guys would look. Um, there is this old, um, artwork by, I think it, I don't even remember who it was. It was, like, artwork from 30 years ago type thing, and it was this picture of this, like, chaos towel where his, his armor is not perfectly uniform. You know, he's taken off maybe some pieces of his armor to allow better flexibility or movement and, you know, just kind of the clean lines and uniform of the towel, just breaking that up with some barbarity is super cool. Like, super cool and super appealing. As I'm thinking, um, I really like the way you did bolter shells. Like, there's these, like, super powerful, destructive weapons that, like, even when they miss, they're gonna explode and, like, rain shrapnel on you from behind. Um, and that that's if they miss, and if they hit you, they're gonna... Like, pierce, like, one inch into your body, and then they're going to explode. Um, just creating a nice pink mist. Um, but yeah, I really like the way you describe them. Just, like, these super powerful weapons. Um, just, like, uh, what do you... What, I wonder what you guys think. Like, would you ever want to see, like, a fully dedicated, um, like, Tau melee unit where they actually are rocking, like, fucking power swords or something like that? Obviously, those swords are going to be shaped in the form of a katana, but, you know, what do you guys think about that? I think that could be kind of cool. Um, well, yeah, I don't know, because then if you have melee Tau, then it kind of ruins the whole Tau, and then that's not an exception. But, yeah, it would be cool to see them, but I don't know if I want them to be prominent. Maybe it's a better way to see it. Uh, maybe I just need to see some conversions of some Tau with pulse pistols and katanas. <laughs> that could be... Yeah. Okay, send me pictures of Tau with pulse pictures and katanas. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, that... Uh, I, I don't know if I have much more to say. Uh, that was pretty much the episode. Once again, that was The Barbarian Cadre by Alex. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was, that was sweet. I really enjoyed it. Um... Yeah, let's uh, wrap up the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for listening. I will hopefully see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.